Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. This is a lovely way to spend a Wednesday afternoon. I am thrilled to be speaking to CEO of Scottish charity Hearts and Minds, Rebecca Simpson. Hello, I am absolutely thrilled to be here. This is a joyful thing to do on a Wednesday, you're right. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Um, I've obviously been doing my research online and everything, you just said the word joyous and that's generally what the sense I got from everything that I've looked at online, you as an organisation, create joyous spaces for some of the most vulnerable people. So I guess my first question was like, how do we get into this? And it's one of the classics, but, you know, if you were to get into a lift with someone and they were like, so what do you do? And you were to give them your elevator pitch for Hearts and Minds, what would you say? Yeah, so, and often people do ask that. And when you, you know, I could say easily, oh, I work with clowns and like, what? But it's so much more than that. <laughs> Although people instantly like, wow, you work with clowns? Fascinating. Yeah. And, but there's so many different clowns and people think circus clowns or magic clowns or, but yeah, we are different. We're very different um, and we're proud to be different. So Hearts and Minds, we've been around for 21 years. And how would I describe us? We're an arts and health charity and we use the art of therapeutic clowning, and that's the part that is unique. So it's therapeutic clowning, and we work in hospitals, hospices, care homes, and SEM schools across the whole of Scotland. And we use clowning to connect with people when they are at their most vulnerable, when they're facing adversity. And we just bring moments of joy, of laughter. It's about that human connection. And it's just it's about meeting people where they are and going on a journey with them. But it's, it is, it's all about that pure joy. Um, yeah, so laughter is a big part of it. Smile is a big part of it. Um, yeah, that human connection, you know, just giving them moments of joy because often we, you know, we do meet people that are in hospital, they're anxious, they're worried. So if you can just take that and turn it into just a moment of happiness and just take their worries away for that time, then yeah, that's what we're all about. That's amazing. I mean, I know working in the arts the power of it and that I'm aware that when I walk into a situation and I don't necessarily I know some stuff sometimes about the people that I'm going to work with sometimes I know nothing and you don't like you're saying you take people as they are and you work them with them in that moment um you know everybody's got their vulnerabilities but I think the work that you do is just so extra special because you you know you are going in there as an organization knowing what you know as much as that must be very challenging and difficult at times the importance of the work that has been done there is just like must precede anything else any of the challenges to make that all possible yep absolutely so I think I'm not one of the therapeutic clown artists Mm -hmm. Um, and the people that are the therapeutic clown artists have done years of training to get them to the point where it is so natural to them what they do and we really pride ourselves on that but yeah we go into places and spaces knowing that you're meeting people at their most vulnerable you're sometimes going into a really personal moment with a family. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we're fully aware of that. And I think what is so special and unique about what we do is, as you said, we meet the people where they are. We don't go in with preconceived ideas of what we're going to achieve or what really the outcome is. It's just about being in, being in the present moment and being so aware of what's happening and what people are feeling. And then they 
creating some artistic interaction with that person mm. but it's at their level they lead it it's all about them so and we do the exact same thing from when we're going into hospital working with a child when we go into a care home working with a you know someone with dementia it's all about that person and you know we give that person agency so they kind of lead the whole thing and we go at their flow their pace it's all about them and and then you know often with the children we visit families might get involved siblings could get involved so it's all but it's all kind of improvised in the moment and yeah the power of the arts is just phenomenal and I've always worked in the arts before I came to Hearts and Minds and you know just like you just fully aware and recognize the power of all the arts not just clowning but all the arts and I think it's such a gift that we have to be able to go into these personal spaces and just bring that moment of joy that you know that respite you know away from the concern away from the worries just in that little moment you can forget you know, it's still there, but we can take you someplace different in that moment. So yeah, it's a true, it's a true gift. And there's so much trust given to us. And we fully respect that. And we work with such wonderful organisations like CHAS, you know, Edinburgh Hospital, Glasgow Hospital, the schools, the care homes, and for them to open their doors and trust that we are keeping their people safe. It's just a true gift. Yeah, true. Well, gift. that's what I was thinking. When I was, I watched the documentary that's on your website which is great um behind the nose I think it's, yeah. called, it's fab and I was just thinking that the amount of organization so like you were saying you're not you're not a clown yourself but yeah, I was just thinking that watching it like the amount of organization that must go into that because it's such you know you are creating a safe space and you're you're working with vulnerable people and there there must be so much trust also like with the professionals that you're working with healthcare professionals because that's not everybody's norm like like you're saying you work in the arts that is your norm to to go to work and there's always play happening and experimentation and whereas sometimes in other fields that can be totally alien and quite scary I wonder has there been even in your time with the organization has there been any kind of trepidation about going into these spaces and working with people yes oh yeah uh-huh and a lot of it you know it takes time it's about relationship building it's about having that evidence to show you know we know it works we know it makes a difference it's about us always kind of building up that case of well you know this the family said this the child said this the adult said this and constantly having that because yeah absolutely um you know if you're working for the NHS you're extremely busy high pressure job you've got key things that you must do and we are contacting you saying oh we'd love to come in and clown around in the ward with your children I mean you can understand when they're like well I'm really busy <laughs> with my medical things I need to do yeah. but I think more than ever um even you know in healthcare settings with healthcare healthcare professionals they recognize the power of play the power of mm -hmm. the arts for all the reasons that we know and for many more so I think, but it's about respect. We have to have respect. We're going into their space, their place, and we have to accommodate around them and we have to fit into what they need us to do. We specialise in the service that we provide, but we're going into their specialised area. So it's about that yeah. respect, mutual understanding. I mean, we spend a lot of time talking to our partners so that they we understand what they want from our service mm. and then what we can provide. Um, but yeah, it takes, it's, it's trust, it's time, it's relationships, it's being open and honest and also being very much welcome to that feedback and sometimes it is yes. and this is not working or I don't understand, I don't get it and it's being receptive to that and also being able to adapt. The, the healthcare setting and SEN schools and care homes, I mean, over I started the job 
two months before COVID. So I had oh, two wow. months, yeah. So I had two months of kind of normal service. This is what we do, running our big program, and then instantly lockdown, and we couldn't oh, get into the goodness. places, the spaces. We couldn't do what we were doing, and um, so everything's changed, and we've had to change with it. And I think that's part of it as well, showing your partners that you're a problem solver as well. So you're not just going to say all right, we can't come in anymore, so we'll just stop our service now. It's about, mm -hmm. right, okay, you've had to change and adapt, so we'll now have to change and adapt to go along with you. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just, it just comes down to that, the communication. But being okay with people saying, what are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, it's about being okay with that, like being yeah. comfortable like, with is that. Is that an actual job? Is that yeah. an actual uh -huh. Mickey Mouse job? <laughs> yeah, and then it isn't until you show them like that film or you, you know, they see a, read a case study or they see some of our content or our photographs that people are just like, wow, that is actually phenomenal. That's such beautiful work. And I just did um, the kilt walk with a lot of my friends to raise money for, um, oh, nice one. yeah, for Hearts and Minds. It was lovely. We did the full um, 23 miles. We walked around well Lockwood even twice. Yeah, it was amazing. And I even think at the start of that, getting my friends to sign up, they all know I work for a charity. They all support me. Um, and at the start of that, I think they were just walking more so because we're walking for Rebecca, we're doing a you know a charity walk. And then I would keep, and then we set up a group on Facebook so I would share things on it. And I think even just from the start of our training for it to the day, everyone really understood what they were actually training for and why they were raising money and the importance of it and the impact. And I think it's about that. It's getting people to fully understand. I mean, it, visually it's beautiful. You think, oh, clowns and like in medical settings, that's beautiful. But when you actually start to unpack what it means and what it does and the feeling and all of that, then, it, yeah, it's much more than just what some people would maybe think when they just see it for the first time. Yeah, I guess you would need to do quite a bit of myth busting oh, at the time about what it is and, and like the benefits of it, like you're saying, because if you're not in the room in the space seeing it happening yeah. in real time, you yeah. maybe just don't get it. And I, I totally understand that, like people who maybe don't access the arts that much they or they think like the arts are for other people or they think it's like a childish thing like oh yeah. you used to play and I mean I'm always like trying to encourage adults just to play and like see the power of it like for just mm -hmm. general well-being and mental oh, health yeah. like it just we don't do it enough we no. don't play enough anymore no we we really don't and I am really passionate about that as well outside of my work with Hearts and Minds I'm a laughter yoga facilitator and a happiness facilitator. Are you? So, uh -huh. so I am all about playing. I'm ben, all, that's amazing. Oh, I love it. I love to laugh. Like, I just think it's one of the most joyous things you can do in life. Um, I'm now going to laugh. <laughs> yeah, so I I used to work um, of head of young people's programmes for Youth Scotland prior to being at Hearts and Minds. Cool. And we used to run projects and programmes for young girls all around kind of building confidence, self-esteem, resilience. And we did a project in one of the female prisons and we were desperate to do something a little bit different that would really get them to kind of just play, relax, like just break down the barriers. And, and we wanted to do something just that they'd maybe never done before and it would take them completely out of their comfort zone. So I remember just in the office, like Googling loads of stuff, like for ideas. And then it came up laughter yoga. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is this? What is this? This sounds phenomenal. But at the time, I thought it'd be yoga poses, hold them and then laugh. <laughs> like, Downward dog. <laughs> but it wasn't. So what I did was I contacted the lovely woman who taught it. And um, it was in Edinburgh. 
and she ran clubs, laughter yoga clubs. So turned up to this club, didn't know a single person there. And I just, I went with two of my colleagues at the time and um, we just embraced it. And it was the most bizarre experience of my life. Like you just yes. laughed and it was all about breathing and laughing. And, um, but honestly, like proper belly laugh, like with a group of strangers. And at the end, you did a laughter meditation on the floor. And I swear to goodness, I have never like laughed so much. I was crying. It was phenomenal. So I was like that. Yes. This is the thing. This is the one. Where have you been all my life? Oh, I know. Where have you been laughing? You're going to need you. Um, So I went and did the training, um, spoke to the woman. She was an actual um, trainer for it. So Mm. picked up to the course, did the course. And then that was a good, I want to say about nine years ago. um, And I've taught it loads since. So we did try it in the prison. We've we've done it lots of places. Um, I've done it all with so many people. And it's just, it's just amazing. And like the clowning, it's a gift to go with people and have them laughing and I've got a beautiful story that I'll share I did um I did a laughter yoga session with a group of women who'd all experienced severe trauma in their life and they'd done a kind of psychodrama course and I was like the last person to come in as a kind of end of course kind of celebration type activity and um and we were doing we were going through the laughter yoga and one woman got really upset which is normal because laughing and that much laughing can release lots of different emotions Mm. but when I spoke to her and asked her you know what are you feeling what's happening it was all because she had a feeling in her stomach she'd never belly laughed her whole life it was the first time Mm. this woman had had a belly laugh so she thought it was abnormal to have that you know you get the pain in your tummy from laughing she'd never had that and she was in her 50s and she'd never belly laughed and then the most beautiful thing was at the end, she said, she came up to me and she said, right, I'm now going to stand in front of my mirror and belly laugh every day. I'm going yeah. to go until I get that pain in my tummy every day. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is why. Just shows you, like, you just don't know no. what pe- people have gone through. No. And, like, this is something that you would maybe take for granted. Mm-hmm. I think working in the arts, you'll know this as well, it is, like you've said it a couple of times, like, such a gift. And mm-hmm. we have so much joy and we're able to share that joy and holding space for people is, like, such a privilege that you almost not take it for granted, but just sometimes don't realise mm. that people don't no. get that joy on a regular basis. No. and I, I laugh. I'm a loud laugher, but more so ever since doing laughter yoga because part of the course... You talk about why we're such, especially in Scotland and in Britain, we're polite laughers. It's like we laugh, like we don't want to like be too loud. We don't want to make too much noise. We don't want to draw attention to myself. So when you do the laugh to you, it's all about deep, hearty, belly laughs. And so I now, when I laugh, I embrace my laugh and I let it go for as long as it possibly can. And I don't shut yes. it down and I don't apologize for it either. But there's so many people that do. So see, just being able to laugh and getting people to laugh. Honestly, it's wonderful. It's one of the most wonderful things that I get to do. Um, and you're right, you take it for granted because we get to laugh a lot, but some people don't. Mm. And it's just, and they don't know what they're missing. And yeah. sometimes people, and I know laughter yoga is not for everyone. I know that. Like I've done mm. sessions where people are like this. Is uh, a, a step too far, Hen. <laughs> what is that lady doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> but... It's sad because they would love to laugh and they could really reach, uh-huh. like, because it's so good for your mental health, your physical health, just 
you know, endorphins, all these magical natural chemicals that we yes. release the moment we laugh and stress. The moment you laugh as well, your shoulders go down a little bit and your jaw feels a bit less tight. And, and, and it's contagious just, as well. Oh, like, see, when you see oh, somebody laugh yeah. or hear, like I'm just imagining like these hospital corridors, even for the staff. Like, yeah. so, you know, if they're, the clowns are in working with, with someone and then just to have laughter in those yeah. corridors, because I'm sure most of the time... There's not that. There's not laughter. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, because it's serious. You can't be laughter when there's serious moments. So I've just came back from visiting two of the clown doctors at a um, centre in Kirkcaldy called Nourish. And I walked in because I had a meeting there and the two clown doctors, they'd already started their visit. And instantly I heard laughter and giggles. And then what I noticed was I walked in and they were in a room with a child and the, and the parent having their visit. But then I noticed that the staff who were watching from the outside all had massive smiles on their face and they were laughing and they couldn't actually see what was happening. But they were could hear the laughter of the child, of the parent, of the clown doctors. So they were laughing. So it is, it's just so contagious. And I think uh-huh, and because you're going into those serious environments and really sensitive times and, you know, when people are really exposed and at their most vulnerable it's such a talent and a skill to be able to go in and navigate around all of that sens- sensitively, but still make someone laugh or even just be in the moment with them. Sometimes it won't be about the laughter, but yeah. just about that escapism and just to really feel that moment. I think oh, it's it's just, I'm in awe of the artists and what they can do. And yeah, it's wonderful. It is. But I guess like for them, it's the support that they get from the organisation and yourselves and, and the, the full team because it's it's it takes a village to do that kind of work, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure like a day in the life of a CEO of a charity like you know Hearts and Minds, it, every day must be different. Yeah, it's very different. And I think, like as I said, I came in in January last year so I had a kind of taste of what what the charity would have been like and then March came and we had to decide really quickly like what do we do do we close our doors do we what do we do we're all about human connection we're all about being in those places with people and and a lot of the places we visit are where people are at their most vulnerable so obviously the doors closed immediately yeah but we so we decided to try virtual visits and you know it was really like brave and bold um, mm. to do that because we didn't know if it would work. Our artists had never worked that way doing the clowning. So we, but we went for it and we were lucky. We reached out to Chaz and said, we'd love to try this because they're one of our partners that we work with regularly with their families. And, and they were really brave as well. And they said, right, let's do it. Let's just see what happens. Let's try it. And we just started off slow, started off small. And then we just got more and more people and we've been doing virtual work for the past 18 months um, and as we're coming out of COVID we're still doing the virtual work yeah so so I suppose back to your question kind of yeah the CEO of Hearts Made, I would say it's really it's challenging it's difficult this past 18 months has probably been the hardest I've ever experienced of my working life um, I think you know for financial reasons fundraising and um, a lot of the funding that we were going to receive stopped because we weren't able to do that work so we had to, you know, make decisions around that. Places and spaces, as I said before, are changing. People's needs are changing. There's more organisations working in the same areas. There's more competition for funding. You're always having to kind of think ahead all the time, mm-hmm. keep thinking ahead, but also stay true to why you do what you do. 
yeah. um, support your artists, support your team, try and keep positive. Yeah, it is, it's, it is really difficult. And I think if COVID hadn't came, it would still have been difficult because charities are they're hard yeah. work because you're always having to fundraise, you're always having to sell yourself, you're always having to try and keep that momentum going. But I think, yeah, it's been, I mean, not to put a negative slant on things, but it's been horrendously hard. But I'm just so grateful that we're still here because I know of some charities that have had to close their doors. Um, and at one point last year, I did think, oh my goodness, this is going to, I've basically started this job and I'm now going to have to wind up this charity. But we fought and we fought another day and we're still clowning and we're Yay. still, yeah, but it's, it's difficult. It is. It's Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's not all fun and games and that's the no, thing. No, it's not. It's it, not. You know, and the people that you work with, don't get to see that and that, no. of course they don't no, you, know, you wouldn't want them to see that no it is difficult and I think but it's also so rewarding like and I think you wouldn't work for a charity unless you really or I think you shouldn't work for a charity unless you really believe in the work that you're doing and who you're doing it for um yeah so it, the rewards outweigh all the stress and all the worry because you just hold on tight and you, you know you've had to hold on really tight <laughs> this past 80 months but you just hold on tight to why you do it and who benefits from it. And, and yeah, those moments that you create with people. And also, I'm quite a, I did community arts at university and we learned about the arts being prob, about problem solving and being curious and being creative. So sometimes out of times like this, new things happen and that's really exciting. New approaches, new partnerships, new ways of working. So, yeah, so all of that, holding on tight to why you do it and who it's for, and also, yeah, you know, being bold and brave and just thinking differently, yeah. Well, I was just thinking about you personally coming into that role. You know, like, you must have just been like, right, anchor down here. There must be a reason for this, that I am in this position well, at uh, this time. Yeah, I you know, just... It's a huge deal to, to start a new job and a new role. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's different from the last job. You know, there's new challenges there. You're excited I know, and I'd never, this is my first CEO role. Um, wow, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, you need the laughter yoga, I'll tell you that. And seriously, I've had many moments of just serious laughing into the mirror. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was super excited, super nervous about the challenge. Um, everything about the job, I was like the charity I was so excited about. And then I remember we were sat in, a, in the meeting room and it was a day that Nicola Sturgeon did her big speech and it was about the schools closing. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, like, what do we do? But then thinking, oh, who am I asking? <laughs> I'm wearing the big hat. <laughs> it's me. And I was like looking at the team and, and they were all like, what do we do? And I was like, oh no, it's me that needs to decide that one. It's me that needs to make the call. Do we stop? You know, do we just step back? Do we live in hope that after a while of stepping back, we can step forward again? Or, but yeah, we were um, we were brave, and we were we decided to step up and just go for it. I think because of my laughter, because of the energy that I get from all of that, I do feel that I was the right person in the right space at the right time. And I think mm -hmm. because I was. You know, I did want us to keep going. I didn't want us to just stop. I wanted us to find a way to still reach people. And I think, and that took the energy that comes from all of that to get people to come on that journey with you, not knowing what it was going to be like. Um, so yeah, uh -huh, sometimes 
I do think, you know, it was meant to be, not COVID, it was certainly not meant to be, but I was meant to be in that job at that time. We, we all think our jobs are important and the work that we're doing in the arts is important. Like, certainly last year, I was, like, devastated that I couldn't put on Oklahoma the musical. But the work you do is just on another scale and the people you're working with, you're not going to get that time back. Well, we're really conscious of the fact that the people that we reach were the people that had to shield, were the people that could no longer go out, that could no longer access their services, that could no longer go to their support groups or have you know, the same services that would come into their house. All that stopped. So for us, it was about, right, well, how do we just bring still that connection and how do we still bring a little bit of joy or respite or just relief? You know, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I take my hat off to the artists because they it's so different and you'll know that we all know that it's yeah. so different to work in a space with the people and you're getting that reaction and you're getting that response to then take that to a screen and to start with we were just making films so it wasn't even like they were getting a reaction they were just having to make films but then we started to do the virtual work where we were actually on the screen with a person and we were getting feedback so that changed it a bit but it's still different but they just yeah. they did it which is just phenomenal that they did that and always be grateful to them I remember there was a time when I just thought, no, we don't stop because the people are still there. The need's still there. In fact, the need's more than ever. The need is more. Yeah, because I know people who had to shield because of the, you know their child and, and it was just awful. One, My friend never left her house for three months because her son, oh she was so concerned about her son, three whole months. And she was she accessed the clown doctor visits, but I mean... if people didn't have stuff like that, I mean, it would just be horrendous. I mean, we're, we were so lucky at least you know most people that I knew had access to the internet but I was hearing all these stories of people that don't have access to internet don't have devices you know and there was all these charities doing work to try and get people devices and internet access and yeah you you just have to check your privilege don't you a lot of the time just to be like how fortunate you are so fortunate I went to a a conference on um, Zoom and it was like other charities. And it was actually John Loughton. He was the CEO at the time of the Scran Academy. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said something. And I'm not quoting him because I'll say it all in the wrong order. But I'll tell you like the kind of what the gist of what he was saying. Yes. He was basically saying that, you know, we're all sat here missing going out for dinner. We're missing going to the theatre. We're missing our holidays. It was like that. But check yourself because a lot of people never get to do that even before COVID. And I remember that really hit home of just thinking, oh my goodness, we're so, I'm so privileged. There's so many of us that are so privileged. And this a big fat reality check of what all this really actually means and how this really is impacting on people and and how for people reality was just so different. Yeah, yeah that... Some people have never barely left. No, before. no. Well, that's it. That's a sim- And that's a simple pleasure. Like, that, uh-huh, and some people haven't barely left. So that human connection, that laughter is just all so important, isn't it? So I was working on my first in-person project the last three weeks. I've just finished it. It was like totally joyous. And that was my first time wearing, you know, the masks with the clear panel. Yes. For lip reading. I mean, I was the sweatiest person. <laughs> but I'm sure it wasn't that nice a visual for everybody else to see, but I hope it helped. <laughs> but it was that thing like not being able to see people's smiles. And it was just because the tagline for hearts and minds is improving yeah. lives one smile at a time 
it's that it's that connection and obviously eye contact and physical connection there's so many ways in which you can connect with yes. people. there really is but yeah just like smiles as well like yeah. so the laughter thing like being able that audible thing to just to hear that someone's enjoying your company yeah. that, that you've taken them out themselves you've taken them out of their head or the situation that they're in even for like a split second it's yeah. actual magic it's uh, actual uh-huh. magic it is it is magic you're so right just that even smiling with your eyes like just uh-huh. it just means so much and you just form that instant connection that it's such a social connector and yeah it's just so powerful so meaningful yeah. And I didn't realise that, as well as doing the hospital work with with children in schools as well, that you've got as elderflower. Um, yes, yeah, so we have clown doctors for all our children, young people services, and then we have elderflowers, which is for our people living with dementia and care homes. Um, and obviously, it's slightly different. They dress kind of more kind of in vintage style clothing, and they act like as siblings, like they're all one big family. Um, but it's the same kind of approach of they go in and they meet that person where they're at, they lead the kind of journey, they, you know, through that person's conversations or things that are on their wall or things that they want bring to them, that's where the visit kind of, the improvisation kind of, that's the journey it goes on, it's all led by that person um, and a lot of that involves kind of music and singing and rhymes and like play and yeah and as you said at the start it's about play, like it's just about being with a person and just yeah in the moment yeah well, it's beautiful the elderflower work is simply beautiful it really is i've been really privileged like so i've got a 1940s 50s inspired dance troupe so oh, we, amazing yeah so we go into care homes and we do some dementia friendly events we do some relaxed events as well from McRobert, and that is like some of the most like beautiful work that i get to do oh. you know i just adore it and you know like you're saying you you don't know what you're going into. You don't know someone's life story and the oh. situation and where their head is that day and who they think they are and who you are. All of that just goes out the window. No, it doesn't matter because yeah. you're just in the moment with somebody and they'll say something and then you just go with that. Like, it doesn't matter if it's true or yeah. real or is going to go somewhere or nobody. It doesn't matter. We're, doesn't just, matter. we're just making it up. We're just yeah. playing. And you're just in the flow with them and they, it's their flow and... You're not saying to them, no, that's not real or that's not right. You're just like, yeah, and going with it. And I think, you know, people with dementia, so much of their life happens, same with children in hospital, you know, so much of their life happens to them. So in these moments through the art, it's about them enabling things to happen. They, you know, they've got the agency, they can lead it, they can direct it. It's, it's, it. it's all about them. And yeah, it's just beautiful. What you do sounds beautiful, and I want to know all about that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's just a total privilege. It really is, and like there's been so many situations where you know you'll meet family members that have came along with their their parent or whatever um, as well, and you know I've had people in tears like just through pure joy, and I'm like, this is just the best job ever. But not that I was surprised with this or hadn't realised already, but it just makes you think like with older people as well is like people just put them in a box and decide what who they are and what they are and what what will be their interest and I've just been so surprised so many times where people are just people and they're all different yeah. that's what we should celebrate I mean I've, we've had like gigs where somebody's just literally sat and read the newspaper the entire time we were in <laughs> high kicking spinning whooping and hollering and actually somebody at the end went are they no away yet? <laughs> and I was like, this is the best day ever. Actually, love this. And of course, all the staff were like, oh, for goodness sake, oh, don't say that. And I was like, no, that's fine. You don't Yay. need to like it. I mean, they don't need to like it, but they, I mean, they stayed in the room. 
They did yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's yeah. just like you just meet everybody as they uh-huh. are and just take me. It's not a big deal, you know, no. but you just, there might have been something, you might have enjoyed the music. You maybe didn't like that, Lisa, Lassie, <laughs> shouting and <laughs> at odds and doing a thing. You know, and like you were saying, it's like the whole package. It is the music, it is the play, it is the rhyming, it is just yeah. talking. It's maybe silence. Yeah. Just being uh-huh. there. Just being there. And that is the power of it, you know, yeah. it, it really is. And, um, yeah, just watching the video, like as I was saying on your website, I just was so struck with the, the clowns obviously go in with such a toolkit. Yeah. And they're able to just select as and when they need it. And that's like, it's not just like, oh, you just turn up and play. Like, no, no, no. And no. I think, no, no, and no. I, yeah. And actually, we were, I was at an event yesterday and we were just talking about the kind of elderflower approach. And, and we were just we we're just kind of saying that that from an outside perspective, it looks really natural. It looks and it is natural to them because they're so experienced in it. But it looks really natural and it looks really like not simple and easy, but it looks so easy to them. But that's because they've done lots of training. They're so skilled and experienced, and you know, kind of improvisation and status and moving around each other, responding to each other, responding to cues. You know, one of them could be interacting with the person because they always work in pairs, and the other one is observing that and working mm. out when they come in or where it goes next and yeah so they've done lots of training and we invest in our training with our artists um every quarter they'll do some different training and and they're all ex- you know this is for all of them I think all of them this is just one thing they're all artists so they all do lots of different things as well so yes. they come with a whole host of experience yeah and it's so natural and one of the positives that has came of covid is it often the work that we do, and quite rightly so, it's intimate. It's in that moment with that family member, with that person. But COVID's allowed us to show the world what we do through our films, through our footage. So it's actually like lifted the lid a little bit and people are like, wow, I can see it now. I used to hear about it, but now I actually see it. So that is one positive of what's happened Mm. the last 18 months. Well, like you were saying, like, you know, as a, you know, a charity, as a business in the sense like you need to make money in order to do this wonderful work. So, and people need to know about it. And that's like a challenge that you've got, especially, I guess, because you're working with vulnerable people and there's that, like, you know, giving the world access to that and there's all that stuff around it. So, but it's important that people, like you're saying, understand the work you do in order to invest their time and energy and money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because... And, you know, it's competitive. Everything's competitive now, but charities are really competitive because you you want people to buy in. You want people to feel a sense of, oh, I care about that charity. I care about that work. I want to personally fundraise for that charity. So you have to do it sensitively because you don't want to ever expose people or, you know, feel like you're selling someone's story no. or selling someone's moment. But you do want people to understand the quality of it and the beautifulness of it and, yeah, so it's finding that balance. But yeah, for me, leading the charity, I'm always thinking of, right, how do I get people on board? How do I get them fundraising? How do I tell people more about what we do? How do I make people more aware? How do I increase our reach? How do we make an impact here and there and there? Yeah, so it's about it's about the balance. But being able to show people what we do, I think, is only when they really understand it. I think if you don't see it, you, you don't fully understand it. And I think yeah. by the films that we've made, by you know the little short films that we've got the photographs that we're able to share often when our partner organizations share footage or photographs then that's beautiful and that all just helps share what we do in an understandable way coming into the charity what was your understanding of the the organization from 21 years ago and and has it 
changed and evolved or was it always the ethos was this idea of therapeutic clowning to work with vulnerable people? I think, yeah, therapeutic clowning has always been at the heart. I think over the years it's maybe changed what it's been described as because in other organisations and places across Europe, it's healthcare clowning. Um, I think for me, what's always stayed true is the why we do it and maybe the way it's been described has been different. I think we've done other things, we've expanded and we've had to bring it back. But I think the why, and I think that's what I always hold on to. I'm not scared of us doing new things, working differently, as long as the why we're doing it is there and that's at the heart of it all. Um, Yeah, but I think like any 21-year-old, it's been a journey for the charity. Mm -hmm. I think there's been points where they're like, you know, it's been really stressful and worrying. And then there's been times it's been excelling and it's bigger and then it's had to shrink again. Um, So I really just want to get it to really solid and sustainable place and I think coming out of a pandemic is the right time to do that (laughs) absolutely I'm getting the sense that if anybody's going to make that happen I think it's going to be you Rebecca because your energy is just I mean I know we're speaking to each other virtually and that's the thing about Covid as well like it stopped me being able to do this podcast in person and now I'm just like longing to meet you actually in real life but it is a joy to be able to like still connect with people like you're saying virtually the way that you you know you've been doing with your kind of service users I mean it's such important work but the energy I'm getting from you now is that you care passionately about the work that you do I do wholeheartedly care about what we do and I want us to keep doing what we do and I want us to keep supporting the people that we support meet the people we meet I want to work in partnership with new organizations I want to just grow I want to just yeah, I think I think we're only scratching the surface of what hearts and minds can do. And I'm really excited about, you know, looking ahead positively. Um, I think it's going to be difficult. I think it's really difficult for businesses as well as charities, for you know, for so many it's it's difficult. You you know, it's a lot of it's quite unknown. Um, but I just feel I have to give it my all and I have to bring the energy and the laughter and the enthusiasm because if you don't, then you're not giving it your best version of yourself. I think I just right. need, yeah, give it your all and then all you can do is try. That's it. That's what we're all doing, isn't yeah. it? But when you realise that you you were saying like you have the privilege of doing the work that you do and the, and the impact that has. And, and I guess you don't even get to know the full impact because there'll be people that have yeah. been touched by hearts and minds that you don't even realise. I mean, I'm, th- I'm just thinking about oh. the healthcare professionals as well. Like, what a lovely thing to happen in an environment where, like you were saying earlier on, obviously very stressful, very serious, they've got a job to do. And people, you know, will talk about kind of bedside manner and some doctors or nurses or whatever not necessarily feeling that they're very personable or whatever, or they're there just to do their job. And and I'm sure Hearts and Minds have had several, numerous moments where they've just cracked through somebody's stern exterior yeah. or they've been having a bad day and they've heard something or saw something that's just flipped it for them and we need more of that in the world. Yeah. We need more, yeah, more of that. Do. My friend is a doctor, actually, at Edinburgh Children's Hospital. And cool. she, when I got this job, I told her, and she'd never mentioned clown doctors at all, ever before, but I told her about the job. She was like, oh, my goodness, I love the clown doctors. I love when they come in. Oh, just makes my day. And I was like, oh, that's so lovely. Amazing. That's just, and just even stories, you know, when I was doing the fundraiser for the Kilt Walk, and I would share it on my social media. So many people would post 
oh, I love the clown doctors. My son met them when he was there or my daughter met them there. Or, and it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think, as you say, you never know the true impact. And often we do get lovely stories and we do get nice feedback. But, yeah, you, you don't know, do you? And that la- especially the lasting kind of memory or feedback or that lasting kind of impression that you've made on someone, you don't know. But that's, I suppose... You just hope that you do that and that's what you hold on to. Mm-hmm. There's so much joy because I'm just thinking of the families as well. Like they're trying to put a brave face on it for their young people and the things that must be going on in people's lives that you can't even know about. And and then, you know, it's that escapism for them and all of that. But also just that, you know, if you've ever been witnessed to the clown doctor's work and elder flowers work, that, that hopefully you would go home that night from your work or whatever and just pass on that kindness, pass on a smile. Like you're walking past somebody in the street and you just give them your smile because somebody made you smile today. And yeah. like, there just needs to be more of that. But it's like, that is the power of the arts. That's the power of connection. And I guess when people are at their most vulnerable, it can bring out the best in people as well. Yeah, I think so. And I think as well, I think we're, we're all clowns. We've all got a kind of <laughs> inward clown. We've got it inside of us. And I think it's just, yeah, bringing out your clown. We should all bring out our clown and spread some joy and spread some smile and not be scared to be, you know, a little bit vulnerable. Just, you know, smile, say hi, laugh, laugh when you can. And when you laugh, really laugh. Yeah, that's what that's my hope. And I think I try to do that as much as possible. Um, I've got good friends and their son sadly passed away a couple of years ago. He was really, he was really good friends of my daughter. And he loved the clown doctors. And so when I applied for the job as well, I went and spoke to his parents about it because mm. he passed away. And um, they were like, oh, you have to. Milo would love you to have this job. He would love you to have this job. So, yeah. So when, I, when I'm when i doing things about the clown doctors, I think about him. I think I'm doing it for you. Absolutely. Like we've spoke about, obviously, COVID in the difficult period of time that continues and that's the thing it's you know for your yourself you're like yeah it feels like we've came over so many hurdles but there'll, there'll be still that like oh yeah we're still in the middle of a pandemic but I feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel like you're saying now but you're able to go back into spaces yeah so you'll be getting that there'll be a, a buzz I guess yep. now because you're like we're starting to creep back into what is more normality for us but then that oper- offers opportunity for things for growth and change and do you think there's things that happened during the last year that you'll take forward as a kind of like oh we're, we're definitely going to continue that like the online thing for instance yeah and I think funders especially now are looking for you to have a kind of covid proof project or a covid proof kind of charity or service mm-hmm. and I think for us the virtual stuff especially the virtual live visits, we were able to reach people all over because normally we would go, you know, to Chaz, for example, and we would see the families that were there that day. Whereas now we can see lots of families and they could be in the borders, they could be in the highlands, they could be anywhere because we're coming into their living room. So there's not that kind of barrier of travel or only seeing people if they're there on that day and that day only and so I definitely think moving forward, virtual will be part of what we do. We'll have a kind of hybrid model. COVID's shown us, you know, creatively, we can do so much and we're just kind of scratching at the surface of what we can do. And I think, you know, for creative people, that's, that's amazing. It just opens up so many new opportunities. Absolutely. Are there other people, you know, 
I sit on the board of a, um, five young carers and I know that young carers have been massively impacted by COVID. So can we do stuff for them? What can we do for yeah. them? You know, are there other groups that, you know, face adversity and, you know, we could be working with and what other organisations could we be working with and developing partnerships with? Who, you know, what other artistic organisations could we mm. be doing stuff with? So I think for me, it's just, yeah, we will be, we'll be staying true to what we do. Therapeutic clowning, you know, is core to everything that we do. But there are new things we could be doing and let's do it. Let's be brave. Let's go for it. That's exciting. That's great. If there was one thing that you would ask anyone listening to this right now to do to support Hearts and Minds, what could they do? To support Hearts and Minds, first of all, tell people about us, please. Sing about us, share it, because so many people don't know about us. So, yeah, first of all, just talk about us. Tell people, find out about us and talk about us. But then also, if you would love to do a, a fundraiser, please choose us. Any money raised, pennies, pounds, makes such a difference. We are a small charity, but with a massive heart. So, please, anything at all, and get in touch. We'll support you. If you're doing a fundraiser, we will absolutely celebrate you and help you. So, yeah, please just read about us, share us, and if you fancied it, fundraise for us. I will put all of the links in the show notes and obviously I'll be shouting about you oh, from the rooftops. It's a, it's a total privilege to like sit and have this conversation with you. Like I was so intrigued when I, so our, our mutual lovely friend Jay, she'd explained that she was now working with Hearts and Minds and I was like, oh my word, are you? Oh my goodness, that looks amazing. Aww. That looks like the best job ever. Yeah, she's a, she has been a force. She has definitely been a force and... Yeah, she's lovely. We actually did the same degree, community arts, just back at uni. But we didn't know it. We were in different years and we didn't know each other. And it wasn't until she got the job. So I was on her interview panel. She started. And then we just started to name check some people. And I was like, I know them. I know them. I know them. Oh, my goodness. But we'd never met, never even. Our paths had never crossed. But, yeah, she's just, she's wonderful. She's just a force of energy and extremely efficient oh my goodness so efficient <laughs> like just on it. on it um but she like instantly just cared about the work instantly mm. came in and was passionate about it that's the power of the clown doctors and the elder flowers the moment you're in it you care about it and you want yeah. to help it and you want people to get that in their life have that experience yeah so yeah i'm i'm privileged to have jay as part of the team they're all everyone that works for hearts and minds is just wonderful everyone is everyone I genuinely believe is there because they just love the work now Rebecca I didn't tell you about this but I know that you're like a total sport and you'll be absolutely up for it I do a thing called the hingamajigs yep hingamajigs these are like yep. random questions that I like to ask each guest when they come on the podcast yep. and it's just your answer the day you might say something different tomorrow perfect best day ever Oh, best day ever. So I'll answer on behalf of my, of me. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's the having my daughter, meeting my partner, but I'm not going to say that. Me and my friend, Jennifer Edgar, we danced at Teen Park as part of a kind of stage act way back. Oh goodness, can't remember the year. But I remember, I remember we looked at each other and we were like that we know this is the best day, let's feel it. And we were proper like, let's be in this moment. This is amazing. So we just took a moment to appreciate how amazing that was. 
love that. I did yeah. not think, obviously, expect to see that. It's amazing. Do you remember who you were dancing for? Do you remember what it was? It called? was part of so the the stage act was called Carlos Adolfo Dominguez, Marco Bernardi. He, oh wow! Yeah, it was it was it was all it was amazing. It was a long time ago. It seems like another life. You were not expecting that answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought you had met the laughter yoga, but then you had me with in the park on stage. All the surprises. Oh, yeah. All the surprises. All the surprises. I love it. Okay, I was going to ask you this one, but you're just, I know what you're going to say. Best sound ever. Oh, laughter. Has to be a big belly laugh. Yeah, where you're just not caring who hears you just what, what is it that makes you laugh like so if I was like to do something that was going to definitely guarantee a laugh from Rebecca like what would what would it need to be oh what makes me laugh or yeah yeah, yeah. oh god I could like I've trained myself so I pretend laugh and then I'll just start to laugh I could absolutely do that now Love like it. just yeah because you and this is a wee fun fact for you your body and brain can't differentiate between pretend laugh and real laugh so you get all the benefits, even if you're just pretend laughing. So, and then when you start with pretend laughter, it'll, it'll just become real. Oh, I just love yeah, I need laugh. to come in one of your Oh, you like, have Please to. make a hand. Like, I need to. You have. I often do a Bubbles and Giggles event at my friend's, um, my friend's got a live music venue in Fife called The Duchess. Shout out to The Duchess. Woo-hoo. And we do Bubbles and Giggles. So you drink Prosecco and then you do laughter yoga. Oh, it's just wonderful you don't need to drink Prosecco often people don't and I don't and I'm the one laughing the most but yeah oh yeah I love it love it and and so it's in a room in the Duchess and people just buy tickets and they come along so you'll know people you might not know people oh and it's just wonderful I'm there I'm there already oh please come and you just (laughs) laugh and then you just feel so positive like laughter is just you just have such a positive been on things when you're in that place when you're just oh I love it yeah. love it it's like the best medicine in it oh it really is I love love laugh I love to laugh favorite childhood meal oh favorite oh my mum used to make a vegetable hot pot oh I loved it nice one <laughs> or vegetable hot pot or she would say we're having a McDonald's night but she did her own burgers and chips we never actually went out we never went to McDonald's <laughs> love that <laughs> that's so cool and did you think it was mcdonald's or were you just like oh this probably, is mcdonald's i probably i don't know what i thought <laughs> <laughs> but She's if i genius. did that now if i did that now with my daughter she'd be like this is not mcdonald's <laughs> uh, no <laughs> <laughs> no more this is not mcdonald's <laughs> that's amazing i love it <laughs> goodness me oh here's well maybe it's not a serious one who knows what is the best advice ever been given to you oh oh my mum my mum is fascinating and she would just always tell you to live live your life and really feel like you're living yeah that's what she always says always just live she's always about feeling alive and being in the moment and just really living yep I like it I like it a lot yes Right, I'm going to ask you two more. One uh-huh. of which is karaoke song of choice. Oh, it's got to be perfect. I'm not going to say. Nice one. <laughs> I was going to give you an rendition is there. Called, is it called It's Got to Be Perfect or Perfect? 
Is it just perfect? perfect? It's perfect. I knew exactly what we were talking about. That's a tune. Oh, that one or Valerie Amy Winehouse. They're my two songs. Nice one. And and crowd pleasers. Absolutely. It's the only two I would ever sing. (laughs) I'm impressed. If you could call it singing. I have a funny story. I once did, we were once on holiday and I sang Perfect on karaoke. Uh-huh. And because I have sang that so many times, I'm average at it. You'd maybe think I knew what I was doing. So the guy who was running the karaoke said, oh my God, you're so good. Stay on and do the next one with me. Mm-hmm. I was like, brilliant. He <laughs> started the song. I tried. And then he just stopped. He went, we'll just leave it there. <laughs> oh dear. Is that premature? <laughs> did they, well, I mean, in your defence, did they not tell you bad. what song it was? No, I wasn't rehearsed. Oh, come on now. No, you're not going to be doing the karaoke and just add uh, up. You need to rehearse. It has taken me years to get Aye. okay at Perfect. <laughs> Jeez, oh, give me a chance. <laughs> well, oh, well, dear. stick to what you know. Stick to what you know. <laughs> <laughs> just those still do. He was like, we'll just, we'll just call it a day That's the sin. I love it. <laughs> and because oh. the Braun the Brave is called the Braun the Brave, yes. my last question to ask everybody is, what is your favourite Scots word or phrase? Oh, what would, I do love bro. I have to say bro. I would say bro. Or my granddad would say, okay, okay. He would go, okay, aye. It's lovely. I love how people just have memories of just somebody's wee something. <laughs> like yeah. Or my dad's name is very Scottish. He's Hamish Halliburton. I mean, isn't that nice? Oh Hamish George Halliburton Simpson. That's a proper Scottish name. That is name. a name. Yeah, is he? should be in a book. He should be in a book. He's also fascinating. I should say that too, since I said my mum was. <laughs> Remember the parents who were listening. <laughs> But bro, I love the word bro. You're so bro. You're yeah. so bro. You're so bro. My daughter says, you're so bro, tell your ma. That's what she says a lot. She says that. <laughs> well, I hope she does. I hope she does tell her ma that she she's bro. She often her. tells her ma. That's bro. good. She's in bra, right? She knows. She knows. Rebecca, this has been an absolute joy. Oh, I've loved it. It's just thank you so so much. This has just been like therapeutic. It's been amazing. That's lovely of you to say that. That's so kind. Thank no, because like it's such a I know you're a busy person. There's lots going on right now. Oh, but this it's honestly it's just been wonderful to have the time just to sit and talk. It's been so nice. I do genuinely get such a beautiful energy from you, and I think that as much as you're saying it's a privilege to work for Arts and Minds, it sounds to me that they're very, very lucky to have you. Oh, thank you so much. Honestly, thank you. But I've just loved this, this chance to speak, chance to be in the moment. It's just been wonderful and really needed. And I probably didn't realise how much I needed it until I've done it. So thank you. And the way that you ask questions is just so conversational, so natural. Great. Well, I'm glad you've enjoyed it, and I certainly have, and I hope that this helps to spread the message of the oh, wonderful work yes. that Hearts and Minds are doing. Oh, thank, honestly, thank you so much. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.